What a daunting task. Knowing my ability and my intellect to stand in a room like this and be in the place of a teacher. It's a humbling experience. If you're visiting here tonight and you expected to hear Bob, I'm sorry. You know, I ran track and uh, when I was in junior high and I was, I was fast. And the coach would either have me run the first leg or the last leg in the relays, whether it be the 100, the two. And uh, depending on his philosophy on the other schools involved, he would put me the first leg and maybe to, to get a lead on something, but more than often he would put me the anchor leg, which is the last leg of a relay. And that way, if, if we were behind, that I could make the distance up. If you were thinking that on our series of fearing the Lord that, that they were saving the best to last, I want you to know you are, you are going to be disappointed. Because the topic that we're talking about tonight is possibly maybe the most important topic of all the topics that we've covered. Because each one of us has a heart. And when I say heart, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to tell you what, what this uh, passage that we're, we're covering tonight, but it's not your physical heart. The heart is nothing but a hydraulic pump. It pumps fluid through your body, keep you alive. But we're talking about a different heart. Your mind, what motivates you to do different things. What I say tonight is not going to be deep. I'm not, a, I'm not a deep person. But I hope you can understand it. My dad always told me, whenever you speak, speak so that the man on the back row can hear you. And he said, Keep it simple so that even the smaller children can understand what you're saying. I don't have problems with that last part. So, I've decided to take Bob's uh, advice. After one of, one of my talks that I gave, I, I told him, I said, I, I was wanting to illustrate this with pictures, but I didn't do it. So. Tonight, I picked out five pictures that I, from different places that I've been, different heights that I've taken, and I'm going to illustrate what we're covering tonight. So turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And we'll go ahead and read, read these verses first before we make any comments on them. Starting in verse 23 of Proverbs chapter 4. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put a 
perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet, and let your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. So I'll see if I've got this right. This is another something new for me is making a PowerPoint. So let's hope this works. Okay. So our topic this evening is keeping our heart with all diligence. I'm not, I'm not spending any time on heart. I'm going to spend a, a quite a bit of time here at the beginning on the word keep. Now, my version says keep. So that's what I was meditating on when I, when I got this uh, lesson together. In other versions, as I looked through on my phone and I, I looked at different things, almost everybody else says guard, which makes more sense. But if you think of the word keep, we don't really use the word like it really means in this verse. If you think of the word keep, well, I'll give you a for instance. One of the uh, great attractions, I am told, of England is if you're in London, is the Tower of London. Now, the Tower of London is a keep. It is a place that was built, and it has served many purposes. It has served as, uh, wrote some of them down, it has served as a royal re residence for some form of, uh, some kind of royalty. It has served as a political prison. It's, it's uh, been a place of execution an arsenal, a royal mint, a menagerie, and a place for public records. And I think up and even lately it's been the place where the uh, crown jewels are kept. Huh, kept. That's kind of a form of the word keep, isn't it? But all of those things that the Tower of London has been used for is to guard. Even political prisoners or prisoners of any kind. You put them in there to guard you from them. So we're going to look at the word keep and the word guard and kind of combine those two things in what we talk about. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence. When you say the word keep or the word guard, what does, it, what does it bring to mind? If you think about guarding something, what, what does it bring to mind? With me it was, it indicates that something is of value. If something is valuable, then you're going to guard it. And the other thing is, it's something that can be lost or stolen. That's why you're guarding it. 
So let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, and we'll begin reading in verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. These parables have three things in common. One, they're involved with a value that's beyond estimate. The treasure was hidden to everyone but the one that found it. And the value was known by the man that found it. Now you just picture this. We can, we can all imagine things like that. Picture Brother Martin out there. He walks through the woods quite a bit. He evaluates land. He estimates the, the price of different things. Let's just say that Brother Martin is out and he's walking through some land he's wanting to buy. And he looks it over and uh, before he goes out there, it's really way, way more than he can afford. The price of the land. So he, he's going out there and he's just evaluating it. And as he's walking through the woods, He's looking up and he's looking around and he looks down and there's something gold and shiny on the ground. Takes his knife out and he flips it up and he looks at it. Now he's not an expert on gold, but that's got to be gold. And it was just laying on the top of the ground and he walks a little bit more and there's another piece. And he takes a knife and he flips it out. And he starts walking in a circle and he realizes he has come upon a literal gold mine. Nobody else has walked the woods. Nobody else has found it. Nobody else knows it's there. He goes and he sells everything he has even though he thought he couldn't afford it he sells everything he has because he knows what's in on that property. Something of value. And I'm going to tell you tonight that our hearts fall into that category. Just like the kingdom of heaven is something that is valuable beyond all estimates, our hearts are also valuable. Turn to Job chapter 28. Job chapter 28. This is a very interesting chapter. And really you need to read the whole chapter because to, to read the summation in the last two verses. 
But Job is talking and he's saying, surely there is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. For the first 11 verses, Job tells, this is one of the older books in the Bible. And we think that we ha have all the knowledge and the wisdom about all of the things in this world, but iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted. Man puts an end to darkness and searches every recess for ore in the darkness and the shadow of death. They knew all about mining ore. He breaks open a shaft away from people in places forgotten by feet. They hang far away from men. They swing to and fro for as for the earth from it comes bread, but underneath it is turned up as by fire. There are things hidden to you and I in this earth that men are willing to spend their life to find because of its value. That, that path no bird knows in verse 7, nor has the falcon's eye seen it. The proud lions have not trodden it, nor has the fierce lion passed over it. He puts his hand on the flint. He overturns the mountains at the roots. He cuts out channels in the rocks, and his eyes see every precious thing. He dams up streams from trickling. What is hidden he brings forth to light. Man has spent his time from the beginning of time searching for things that are valuable. But verse 13 Verse 12, but where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Verse 13, man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. It cannot be purchased for gold. So not, not only is our heart something worth more than we can ever imagine, but wisdom is also. There are things in this life that are valuable far more than you can ever put an estimate on. Verse 27 and 28, it would be a shame to get to this chapter and not read it. Then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it. Indeed, he searched it out. And to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. There are things in this life that are valuable beyond estimate. You see, if we're going to keep our heart with all diligence, the first thing we're going to have to realize is if we're guarding, guarding something, it's valuable. Valuable more than we can ever imagine. A couple of things we might ponder when we do this. Ponder is one of those words we don't use very much. Let's say that uh, Kevin has asked Jasmine to take the trash out. And, she, and he tells her, Jasmine, I want you to take the trash out. 
and uh, I want you to put it out there by the road, and I want you to guard it all night. She gets her camouflage on, she got her headlight, she got her night vision goggles, she's got her knife, she's got a gun, and she goes out there. Not only has she got that, but she's got a strap and she straps herself to that trash can. Not only that, but she's called Caroline to come and to help her. And you think, what, what is she doing? What is wrong with her? Everybody knows you don't guard things that are absolutely worthless. That trash can, you pay somebody to take it away. That's what you do with a trash can. It's worthless. You don't guard things that are worthless. So just think about that as we enter this study tonight. Turn to uh, another, something else that we uh, maybe ponder just a little bit. Turn to Psalm 33. Psalm 33. Psalm 33, starting in verse 13. The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of man from the place of his dwelling he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. Now I know we've all thought about this. We all know who created us. We all know who gave us our heart, our mind, our intellect. But let me just uh, let me just illustrate it with this. In this bag, my wife asked me, asked me what I was bringing. If I can get it out of this bag now. Okay. This is a fishing reel. It's an old fishing reel. This was my grandfather's fishing reel. My grandparents lived in Port Angeles, Washington, and he did a lot of deep sea fishing in the straits between uh, Port Angeles and, and Vancouver Island and Victoria, but uh, this was one of his fishing reels. My grandfather didn't give me very many things. And I really didn't see my grandfather very many times. Maybe, I don't know that I can remember, I, I can't imagine I saw him more than a dozen times that I could remember. But I enjoyed every time I visited him. And I had a lot of respect for him. And on his, uh, I think it was their 60th wedding anniversary, my grandmother asked uh, if I would like something. And, and my grandfather gave me this fishing reel. It's a, it's a Fluger, fishing reel. I think it's a pr probably a pretty good brand name. That's valuable to me. 
because he gave it to me. Maybe you've got something that someone that you love gave you. So my question for you to think about and to ponder over, God gave you your heart. And what do you think he feels like if you take something that he says is valuable and you leave it unguarded and treat it like trash? We're running out of time. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, Sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an act and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. If you sow a character, you will reap a destiny. You plant a thought and you reap an action. You plant an act, you reap a habit. You plant a habit and you reap a character. You sow a character and you reap a destiny. He was a Unitarian, he was a son of a Unitarian preacher and he later became one himself, but he didn't come up with that, that uh, bit of knowledge. Turn with you will to Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter six. Verse 6, let him who has taught the word share in all things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. We all know the philosophy of, of planting and, and reaping. Don't be deceived. Whatever you allow to enter into your mind, whatever gets planted in your mind, you're going to reap what's planted. Everything springs from or begins from what we think and what gets planted. A popular a popular, something my dad used to tell me all the time, I never knew who said it, but Martin Luther, it was a quote from Martin Luther, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. There's some things that, that are around you in this world. You can't, you can't keep them away. They're, they're flying around overhead, but you can keep them from roosting in your beard. You can keep them from nesting in your hair. You don't have to dwell on things like that. So if we're going to keep our hearts with all diligence, we need to set a watchman over it. We need to set somebody guarding what comes in so that what comes out is pleasing to God. I'm going to have to go to the, our next slide here. Running out of time. Uh, let's turn back 
Back to our, our text we started with. Keep your heart with all diligence, or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. If we're going to keep our heart with all diligence, we must keep our speech pure and undefiled. This is a lake. Many of, or several of you, I'm sure, have seen it. It's a crystal clear lake, but it's got a beautiful green tint to it. It's called Emerald Lake, British Columbia. It's just a beautiful place to be. What you see is what you get. You walk up to it, it can be 20 feet deep, and you can see the bottom. But when you get away, it's just this beautiful blue-green. That's the way our mind should be. What you see is what you get. We've used phrases like, he's a man of his word, or you can take what he says to the bank. His word is his bond. You can trust what he says. We use phrases like that to, uh, to say how trustworthy somebody is. A lot of verses that you can go to in the Bible talk about the tongue, talk about the mouth, how we use it. Proverbs 4.24 says, put away from you crooked speech and put devious speech far from you. Just another version of verse 24. Put it away from us. Turn, our, turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. How many times does our mouth get us into trouble? Turn to chapter 3 in James. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look, also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. James... 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Ephesians 4, 25 through 31. I've got something written down here, but it's, uh, let me go ahead and read it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are all members of one, one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but let him labor, working with his hand what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no co corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. You know, nobody likes a liar. Nobody likes to be deceived. I bought a, a coffee maker, been almost a year ago, it's time to get another one. Every coffee maker I've bought says 12 cups on it. I've never got more than five. Who drinks exactly one cup of coffee at a time? To me, that's just deception. We live in a world like that. They'll tell us things, and, and it's true, it's true. But, but we know better on a lot of things. They deceive us. They try to get us to buy it. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter whether it's fashions. They try to sell everything. Try to pre present it as one thing as being good, but it's not. Nobody likes being deceived. If we're going to keep our hearts the way God, or guard our hearts like God wants us to, we have to watch what we say. Let's turn back to our text. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. That's a common sense thing. A farmer tells you that. 
If he's on a tractor, if you've ever been on a tractor, and you're trying to plow a furrow, a tractor on uneven ground and rough ground, if you put the steering wheel in one position, it's not going to do that all the way down the field. That tractor of mine is loose front end and it, it'll jerk one way and the wheel will go over here and if you don't watch where you're going, that tractor is going to end up somewhere where you don't want it to be. That's the way it is. Keep your eyes going forward. That's my wife. She's walking on a path. Now common sense tells you she really can't go one direction, but if she gets, if she gets concerned about what's to her right, she's going to end up walking somewhere where she doesn't want to go. It was probably a thousand feet down to the bottom of that little place. When in this life, we have to keep our minds focused on where we want to go. Matthew 6.22 says, The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Psalms 119 Psalm 119, verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. Covetousness has got many a person in trouble. We can covet anything. We can covet, we can covet anything that we don't have that we want. And we're about three minutes of finishing if we're going to guard our hearts, then we need to be focused and have our eyes going in the direction where he wants us to go. These two are really similar, similar thoughts, but we're to ponder the path that we take. Not only must we keep focused straight ahead and not be detoured, but we are to think about what we're doing. Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Proverbs 4, 12, 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is a way of death. There's a lot of verses that have to do with how we need to be walking and not detoured. If we're going to guard our hearts, then we must think about and ponder the steps that we take. Do not turn from the right or the left is the last thought we'd like to think of. In verse 27 of Proverbs chapter 4, do not turn to the right or the left, remove your foot from evil. I was recently watching a commercial. You know, everybody thinks that it doesn't matter what you believe or it doesn't matter whether you take this road or you take that road. We're all going to end up at the same place. God is a loving God. And I was, I was watching this commercial the other day and I thought, huh, isn't that the way the, the, uh, the world thinks? It's, if you've ever seen it, it's a Twix commercial. And these two twins are sitting on a log and they say, it doesn't matter whether you choose the right or the left, they are both chewy, crunchy, and delicious. And then the, the camera changes to the, the two bears that are sitting behind the two twins that are eating their Twix on the log, and they say, you know, it doesn't matter whether you choose the right or the left, they're both chewy, crunchy, and delicious. A humorous way to say a point. That's the way the world thinks. And we have to guard ourselves from falling into that philosophy. It makes a difference what we, what we think and what we do. Deuteronomy chapter 5, and I'm just going to have to read these off of my sheet because we're, we're over, but it says, Therefore, you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that you shall possess. Joshua chapter 1, 7, a similar, a similar verse. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. If you want to succeed, if you want to keep your heart like God wants you to keep it, that you will set your sight on His Word and you will not deviate from it. We're out of time, but uh, in your songbooks, there's a song devoted right along with this point. Song number 32 in your books. How shall the young secure their heart? I was going to do my lesson just on this verse. I was going to do it on a, several verses and change my mind last week and, and completely redid it, but uh, I will not go into that. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. 
some of the best things that we can follow. God's word will take us where we want it to go, where we want to go. As a way of invitation, I'll just, uh, I'll tell you my daydream and we'll, we'll close. I daydreamed something, I don't know, probably over a year ago. It was after I taught a high school class, or a, a junior high class, and uh, this is the way my daydream went. Jacqueline is standing at the door of her house, and all of the children that, that are in this congregation here are at her door. And she's sending them off to school. Ella's there, Jasmine, Blake, Brooke, Sarah, Rachel, Mia, they're all there. And uh, she says, now, I want you, when on your way to school, I want you to stay on the path and do not get off the path. This is my daydream now. You don't like it? That's fine. It's my daydream. You see, the path to school changes every day. You don't know that. I know that because it's my dream. The path to school changes every day. And on this particular day, nobody knew, but it was a long, steep hill. A long, steep hill. And everybody's ready, and Jacqueline says, do not get off the path. Stay on the path. Well, the sun was beating down. That path was long and steep. And they all got to the top of that hill. Maybe, and there was a park bench. Oh man, did that look good. Their legs were tired. And a couple of them went over there and they sat on the bench. They got off the path. That bench looked so inviting. They got rested, they went on, they went on to school. You know what? Somebody had just painted that bench. Nobody, there wasn't a sign hanging on it. And when they left, they carried some of that paint with them. That's how sin is. We're on, we're on a trip or a path to heaven. And every day our path is going to change. We don't know what's on it. And things that seem so insignificant, oh, it's not, we haven't deviated that far. It won't matter. But you know what? We weren't supposed to be on that bench. That was wrong. Y'all were wrong sitting on a bench, whoever it was. And you're carrying the consequences of what you did with you the rest of the day. And that's how sin works. Sin is going to stay with you. And there's no way for you to get it off. Jesus is the only one that can fix our problems.
don't let your heart into the hands of someone that it doesn't belong. Guard it. Guard it with everything that you have, with all diligence. And be the kind of person that you're supposed to be. If you are not a Christian, you can start on that path. You can become a Christian. You can have your sins washed away. If you're carrying some of that white paint with you, Jesus can wash it away. He can wash your sins away if you let him. If you're already a Christian and you've gotten off the path and you're somewhere where you don't belong and you need help, we're here ready and willing to help. Won't you come while we stand and sing?